Hello and welcome to the Encouraging Angels podcast with Stan Szymanski. I'm your host, Stan Szymanski. Today is Thursday, November 30th, 2023, and I have a great show for you today. Neither Encouraging Angels nor Stan Szymanski nor anyone affiliated with Encouraging Angels is offering any type of advice on this program. We do not offer financial advice. We do not offer legal advice. We do not offer medical advice. We do not offer personal advice of any kind. Please consult a professional in the area of your need or interest. Everything presented here is for entertainment and informational purposes only. Water is arguably the most important survival item. You know, the five basic tenets of survival are food, water, shelter, energy, and protection. Now, if we added air, uh, that would be even more uh, critical because three minutes without air and you are gone. With water, it's three days. With food, it's about three weeks. Uh, But you can go, you know, I mean, a lot longer just on water. And of course, you know, a lot of people are getting sick now. They're getting the woo flu, whatever the heck's going around. You know, one of the main things, once you get things into your lungs, uh, the main thing is to stay hydrated because in order to move that junk, you know, out of your lungs, you you have to be hydrated. That stuff has to have water so it can loosen and you can exhume it. But water just keeps you thinking correctly. It keeps you, uh, your motility, which is, you know, being able to go to the bathroom, etc. Um, and keeps all your cells in good stead. But more importantly, more importantly than even that, is the spiritual aspect of water. And today we're going to talk about living water. And about what Jesus taught us about what living water is. Some people think thinks it is Jesus. To a degree, you could say that, but we'll we'll show you where it's really the Holy Spirit. But of course, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. Let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter four. And I'm going to go to verse four and read about the, the story about the Jesus and the woman at the well. Now he, of course, that's Jesus, had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. 
The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of living water, excuse me, a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to come, keep coming here to draw water. And then he goes on and tells her to call her husband, you know, says, you know, she says, you know, I don't have a husband because she was living with the dude and she's had five husbands. And it's a way of, you know, Jesus proving that he's the Messiah because he knew what was going on, uh, you know, with her before he even got there. So the living water comes from Jesus. And to be a little more specific, if we jump up to, and we're still in the Gospel of John, and we go to chapter 7, and Jesus had been at the Festival of Tabernacles, and preaching, and the, uh, the, the Pharisees and uh, Sadducees, they wanted to grab him. But his time hadn't come yet. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, Rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So the living water, because that's why he said, let who is th- who, anyone who is thirsty, come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And I also wanted to read... from John 14. Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commands. 
I want to just stop there for a second. This is so important. This and other scriptures, which I'm not going to really go into today, is a refutation, a refuting of the once saved, always saved. Because people can get saved and then go back to living like hell. You know, where, where they, and it's, it's not that people don't stumble or fall once in a while, you know, make a mistake, but that they institutionalize their sin. You know, that you're a constant fornicator, a, a constant drunkard, you know, um, many other things that are outlined in Romans chapter 1. So if you want to wonder if you've institutionalized your sin, read Romans 1 and you'll find out. But he said, if you love me, keep my commands. This goes to, you know, the point where, you know, he, he said, you know, that you have to abide in me when he was talking about being the vine. He, he's the, you know, the vine, we are the branches. Apart from him, we can do nothing. And abiding him in him basically means this. If you love me, keep my commands. You must abide in Christ by keeping his commands. That, you know, that once saved, always saved is kind of a very cheap grace. And, uh, you know, the per if... if the person that just stays in their sin says, oh, I got saved, and then they stay in their sin. Like, they're, let's say they've, they've got an adulterous relationship with somebody that they've had for years and just stay in it. Um, they have not changed. They, they, they gave the Lord lip service, but in reality, they did not do his bidding. They did not keep his commands, like keeping the marriage bed pure, for instance. So you have to abide in Christ, and that means keeping his commands. Now, this is important as it leads to us, you know, learning about the Holy Spirit. So back to John um, 14, verse 15 and on. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And he goes on to say, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Again, it comes down to abiding in Christ. And the spirit of truth is the spirit of Christ. That is the Holy Spirit. And he said, he will give you another advocate, a helper, to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. This is the living water. 
since Jesus, you know, was glorified and ascended to heaven, you know, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit right, resides in believers who have not only been saved, but also keep the commands of Jesus. I think that's why he said at the beginning and the end of this paragraph, he said at the beginning, if you love me, keep my commands. And at the end, he says, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. So there is some condition there. You can't just, you know, give the Lord lip service. You have to keep his commands. And he promises the Holy Spirit. He promises the living water that he spoke to about the woman at the well that would never run dry. He said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. You know, Jesus said, everyone who drinks this water, he meant the water in the well, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So once you have the living water, once you have the Holy Spirit, you will be able to impart the Spirit of Christ to others, like hopefully what I'm doing today. And I am a, you know, a busted jar, a jar of clay, uh, you know, a sinner saved by grace, someone struggling to do God's will in my life. But I, I, I share with you this, is that you have to have Jesus Christ to be saved and to inherit eternal life, you've, you've got to have Christ and you've got to obey his commands. <clears throat> and that goes for, you know, the CEO of a big conglomerate. That goes for the housewife. That goes for the caregiver of the disabled. And that goes for the disabled themselves. Now, you think that the disabled can't sin, but we're all sinners. You know, Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So I've been around so many times when people, you know, call the disabled angels. It's like, no, you're, you know, they're not angels. And then you have to discern between good angels and bad angels if you want to talk about angels. But the disabled are not angels. They're people. And people sin. And people need to repent of their sins and be sorry for what they've done and turn from their sin. Because we sin in our mind. We sin with our actions. And so even the disabled who cannot walk, who cannot talk, who cannot toilet themselves, who cannot transfer from the bed to a chair 
or do anything else for themselves. They too have the same problems that we have. So I ask everybody listening today to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ came to this earth fully man and fully God. He lived a perfect life so that he would become the perfect sacrifice, the only perfect sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God the Father, the Lamb of God. And when he died on the cross, he paid for all of the sins of humanity, for your sins and for my sins. And if you accept that fact and accept Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, in other words, he's sitting on the throne, not you, and Savior, that his actions, his, his saving death on the cross is sufficient to pay for your sins. Then you can have eternal life. And of course, after you accept Christ, you have to listen to these words that I spoke to you today, you know, is that if you love him, keep his commands. That's how he knows who loves him when you keep his commands. Please consider supporting Encouraging Angels. Uh, it's the end of the year and we need help. Uh, please, you can give at you know www.encouragingangels.org. You can give with your plastic card via our great payment processor, Cornerstone. The link is right there on our donate page. And you can also send something if you wish directly to our P.O. box. Um, check out, I'm not going to mention it today because we didn't talk about you know a lot of stuff. We talked about God today. Um, but Jack Lawson's book, Civil Defense Manual, you need it, civildefensemanual.com, okay? This is the Encouraging Angels podcast. I'm Stan Szymanski, and I look forward to seeing you right here next time.